Hi, everybody, and welcome back here for another little bite-sized political podcast on a Friday. Hope this finds you well. You're getting ready for a weekend, I hope, of relaxation and peace. Um, sponsored, of course, as always here by Quantum Hypno. And uh, don't forget that our live event is this day next week. Friday week, we are live in London with Lawrence Fox and Calvin Robinson and my good friend Peter McElvena. And of course, Jed will be there as well. So we're going to have all the gang together for a night of fun and frolics in a nice London, West London location. Okie dokie. Um, shall we talk about Suella Braverman? Uh, because she has come out and said that which is so true and so obvious. She says, quote, the mask has slipped. In hawk to Islamists, Stormer is responsible for one of the most shameful days of our democracy. Enough of the hand-rigging and apologies. Turning a blind eye to fanatics has got us into this situation. It must stop. And she's basically written an article in the, um, in the Daily Telegraph, which uh, talks about the fact that Islamists are bullying Britain into submission. And that's essentially what we saw the... Uh, the the other night in the Commons. Now, of course, that's also played out in a particular way, which we need to talk about. But in principle, she's right. People used to, I used to talk about, you know, we need to watch that the UK doesn't sleepwalk into Sharia. Well, we are sleepwalking into Sharia. And the key thing is we mustn't talk about it because to talk about it is to be Islamophobic. And to be Islamophobic is simply beyond the pale. One is not a decent British person if one mentions the fact that fear of Islam now drives the body politic. So what happened? What really happened in Parliament the other night? Well, essentially, Keir Stormer went and had a bit of a chinwag with Speaker Lindsay Hoyle. And they agreed that uh, because some Labour MPs could be in a sticky position with their electorate, and also some of those outside the Houses of Parliament, that it was important that Labour, uh, Labour's uh, sort of sub or amendment to an amendment of an SNP motion uh, would, would be heard. And basically, even though this goes against all parliamentary uh, you know, tradition, uh, nonetheless, that was Lindsay Hoyle uh, allowed that. And so it was that we saw the scenes in the Commons the other, uh, the other evening. But guess how that's played out? We're now, I'm now led to understand uh, that the parliament may well consider a situation whereby um, nobody will be allowed to protest uh, outside parliament or outside uh, you know, political politicians' offices or anything like that there. Uh, basically, no protest to be allowed because... Well, it's not very nice, and therefore this, what they call political violence, means new police powers. So basically there's a paper coming out saying that uh, this is a government commission review uh, saying that basically police should be able to shut down protests outside MPs' offices, council buildings, and parliament. Now, we need to think about this for a moment. Hang on a second. So what you're saying is, because of the, the pro-Palestinian hordes gathered outside Westminster, and we, we've seen them elsewhere as well around the country, and because of the threat of violence from them, and that's what it is, that's absolutely what it is, then politic MPs, politicians, councillors, whatever, feel uh, potentially vulnerable. So because of that, 
we've got to the police have to shut down all protest against politicians. How do you feel about that? Is that is that helping? Do you think? I mean, it's really, really not. But what's happening here is that political protest is being sacrificed by the political class against them. They don't want people protesting against them. You know, not just over uh, the Palestinian-Israel situation, but potentially against anything. And they want the police to be able to move against protesters and shift them, whether it's outside the council offices. You know, so if there's some local issue that's riled up the local community uh, and the local community, uh, you know, take to the streets and they want to have a, a protest outside, that could be, therefore, under this new potential legislation, um, broken up by the police. Thou shalt not protest against politicians. But the, at a deeper level, there's something which is on, which Suella Braverman, to be fair, has, has touched on, and that is that fear of Islam is very different to fear of general political protest. So, for example, you might not be happy about the government's energy policy or the government's immigration policy or the government's road policy or whatever, and, and I believe you should absolutely, absolutely be get afforded the right to protest that publicly and vocally. That's the rules of the game that they want to change. But nobody should be threatened with violence. But the only people that I can see in this country threatening violence are the pro-Palestinian hordes. And yes, a large an element of that will be Muslims. And Islam is behind that. And I keep asking the question, and I've yet to have a satisfactory answer, based on the evidence, is Islam compatible with modern pluralistic democracies? And the answer is an obvious no, of course it's not. But it's still the fastest growing religion or faith system in the UK. The numbers swell every year. And, you know, the clash is here. We don't have to wait for it to come. The clash is here now. You know, these MPs are basically breaking it because if you're a Labour MP, you rely on the Muslim vote to get yourself into power. But that Muslim vote requires that you genuflect and you call for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. And if you don't, well, there might be consequences. And that's the reality of where we are. So because of the fear of Islam, the political response is, let's close down all political opposition and all political protest. And that's also wrong. And it shows again how, you know, the encroachment of Islam into the pluralist uh, Western democracies means that those democracies themselves will become increasingly isolated from the very people that they allegedly represent. Thanks for listening.